I do think that those um, later years friendships really leave a mark on you for how your further relationships are going to be once you become an adult. Like when you're in your 20s going, oh no, somebody has a baby. This is what we're supposed to do next. <laughs> it's so hard to navigate establishing the friendship. But then once you do and once you can build into and nurture that friendship, they become invaluable. Hi, I'm Terry. Hi, I'm Jenny. And I'm Sarah. And today we're talking about friendship and community. Um, as widows, we've found that having community has been invaluable. But really, when we look back at our entire lives, there's never been a season where we have thrived alone. We've always needed friendships. We've always needed community, but it has looked different in different seasons of our lives. Um, so let's rewind all the way back. Let's go back to um, the early years. For me, that's the 90s. For you guys, I think we're probably talking 80s, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so cool. I want to talk about what friendship looked like when we were kids, like little kids, um, because it's very different than what friendship looks like now. But I think it's important to establish the foundation that we were all building on, because um, I think that our early years, five, six, seven, up to like 10 years old, that's when we're learning friendship, learning what it means to be a friend and what it means to have a friend. Um, so I. I'll share first. Um, when I think about early friendships, there's one friendship that stands out to me right away from my childhood. And that is a friendship with um, a little boy named Travis. He was the cutest little first grader with the brightest, lightest, white looking blonde hair I've ever seen. And um, we were at recess early in first grade. I don't know if it was the first day. I think when Travis tells the story, he says it was the first day. That might be true. I don't know. But it was at the beginning of first grade and we were at recess and I was playing on um, some bars. They weren't monkey bars. They were There were like five of them that were all different heights. And he came over and he said, hi, do you want to be my girlfriend? And I said, okay. And he said, cool, what's your name? <laughs> and I said, Sarah, <laughs> what's your name? And he said, Travis. And that was the beginning of a beautiful love story. Um, and by love story, I really just mean friendship. We did not grow up and fall in love. Um, Travis and his husband, Zach, are wonderful and they are in love. And I turned out not to be Travis's type. So... Um, <laughs> We did not fall in love romantically, but um, he is the first friend that I learned to really love. And um, we, we've been with each other through thick and thin. Uh, we don't talk every day anymore, but he's somebody that if I need him, he's there right away. And so um, that's how I remember establishing an early friendship. What do you guys remember about what it looked like to make a friend when you were younger? My memory is not as good as yours, Sarah, as you well know. Um, and maybe it's because we, we did this 10 years longer ago than you did. 
Um, but I, we also lived in like the elementary school age. I lived in one place and then we moved right before I started sixth grade. So those friendships kind of disappeared um, because once you move in the 80s, it's not like you're keeping up with people that you knew. Um, but I remember we had, uh, there were about three three girls that lived around the block from me. So we all went to school together. We were all the same age. Um, and we we hung out together a lot at each other's houses. We play Barbies and have pool parties and and things like that. Um, and I've reconnected uh, with a couple of them uh, on Facebook uh, recently, I guess. Well, maybe not recently, last couple of years. Um, but it's more of a, hey, you know, we still admit each other exists, but it wasn't like a reconnection that we've really reconnected with each other. Um, just speaking of elementary school uh, friends. So um, I don't really have any elementary school friendships that have lasted into adulthood. Uh, I do have middle school and high school friendships that have done that. Um, but I don't know. Do we want to talk about that part yet? Uh, let's wait. Let's okay. we'll get into middle school and high school in a minute because Oof, friendships get weird in middle school and high school. <laughs> so anyway, I guess I guess with with the elementary school friendships for me, it's just um, I remember having friends that I saw at school and we saw each other outside of school. And I did have a set of friends that were at church. Like I kind of had church friends that I had school friends and the school friends were also neighborhood friends. Um, but I the two did not mix. They were very separate. So how about Carrie, you? What about you? Um, yeah, for me. <clears throat> for me, um, I met my first um, elementary school friend uh, the first day of my second grade year in her first grade year. <clears throat> and um, I had moved from a private school to a public school. So this was a brand new school for me. And um, we were standing at the bus stop and we just met and her name was Lisa. And we... Um, you know, from that day on, we spent every weekend together, spending the night at each other's house. We, you know, played together every weekend. <laughs> you know, we got, caught the bus and rode the bus together. And um, and we're still, um, you know, we still catch up with each other on occasion. Um, and I think that that's really special to still have that. There were a few years there where there wasn't like social media and stuff where we kind of lost touch. but. Um, but I think it is really special when you can, you still have a connection with that person from so, so long ago. And it's not as deep because maybe they weren't there through all the hardships and, you know, everything. But she and I went to school together uh, through high school. So um, we kept up with each other pretty well. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think, but I do think like, um, like you said, Sarah, she would be there for me if I needed anything, for sure. She lives in a different state. Um, but um but like our families know each other um we lived in the same neighborhood so that helped a lot too so jenny it is different also when you don't have neighborhood friend friendships that close i guess yeah speaking of neighborhood i didn't grow up in a neighborhood i grew up in a, a pretty rural area but i grew up on a street that had several houses and it turned out travis lived just four houses down from me and so i think Physical proximity is a huge factor in early friendships. I think that our when friendships, that, yeah. yeah, 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 our friendships are the people that we are physically close to, people right. that we see mm -hmm. at school, 
and people who are were physically close at home. Uh, the people that you could walk to their house or ride a bike um, and and spend time together that way without inconveniencing your parents too much. Well, that kind of brings me to like my sixth grade friend. We had just moved and um, her name is Heather and uh, she lived in the neighborhood right next door to me. And we met each other on the bus like the first day going to school and I was terrified. It was a new middle school going to sixth grade in a new area I didn't know. Um, and she and I became so close because I did. I walked over and saw her all the time. I just had to walk through the woods to get to her neighborhood. And we saw each other on the bus. We saw each other at school. And eventually I started going to her church. Um, so then that's where the church friends did coexist together with school and church. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because I, I, she's the one that convinced me to go to her church instead of the church we had chosen when we first moved there. Um, and so I guess... You know, maybe it wasn't elementary school. I'd already moved up to high school, but and I was in her wedding, and um, she was the first of our friends to have a baby. So that was all weird. Like when you're in your twenties, going, "Oh no, somebody has a baby. Is this what we're supposed to do next?" <laughs> I don't want to. I'm in my thirties. I still feel that way about having a baby. <laughs> well, I'm almost fifty, and I that would be not something I would want to do again. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, okay, so. When we when we look at um, our teenage years, what what did your friendships look like, and uh, like what was the value of having those friendships during your teenage years? You know, um, I, I feel like those friendships were harder for me than anything else, um, and I feel like my best friend changed every year, or you know it's just hard. Girls are mean and, you know, things change as you go from a freshman to a senior for sure. And your maturity level changes, the people you want to hang around, maybe they just don't have the same interests as you anymore. Um, I mean, I had a really good best friend for three years of, well, maybe two years of high school. Um, but we kind of, lost touch um our senior year she went a different direction and i think that those um i i don't know about for you guys but for me personally i feel like um having that happen losing those best friends or those really close relationships um it kind of um i don't know it formed what i feel like is um a shell for me, like I'm, I'm too afraid to kind of open up to too many people now, because I feel like once you go through the pain of losing people that you think are so, so close to you, and then it turns into either a mean girl mentality or just completely being shunned by our group of friends that, you know, and that's kind of what I went through in high school. Um, and it was tough and it took me a long time to get over that. So I do think that those um, later years friendships really leave a mark on you for how your further relationships are going to be once you become an adult. Um, I can see I can see that, too. I guess I my best friend through high school was also a guy. His name is Craig. Um, And we rode around in his he got his driver's license before I did. So we would ride around in his car to be sometimes it was just he and I. But then sometimes it would be he and I and multiple other people or whatever. We did a lot of group stuff together. Um, 
and I didn't date in high school, um, but just hung out with people a lot. And uh, it, we just had a good time together. So I didn't really experience, I mean, maybe people were mean and I just was oblivious to it, which would not be surprising. Um, but, uh, you know, I had groups of friends that were girls, uh, but I didn't hang out with them as much as I hung out with Craig. Like we were going to the bookstore and the record store to make sure you, you we saw all the new releases for that week because it's not like it is now where you can just get the new releases on your phone. <laughs> you had to go somewhere to get them. Um, and so that was a regular <laughs> occurrence for us. So when I think about friendships and hanging out with people, I mean, I had I had really good girlfriends that we hung out at their house, uh, my friend Kelly and my friend Allison and you know the, the girls that were in my wedding and stuff. But I did experience what you're talking about a little later in life about kind of building up a shell. And mine was more because I think sometimes I invested more into a friendship than somebody else did, or I thought it was more of a friendship than somebody else did. Yes. And then I realized oh goodness, I put so much of me into that and they didn't reciprocate that friendship and not because they were bad people necessarily, but they just, maybe they had other friends or they were just busy or, or mm -hmm. whatever. Or I thought in my head they were closer to me than they thought they were closer to me. It was the idea of balancing how much you give to a friendship versus how much you get out of a friendship if that makes sense. And I'm, I'm mm -hmm. willing to give more than I get back always. Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes you can tell there's not as much of a relationship here as I thought there was. Um, and so I think now as an adult, I get a little more picky about who I'm going to invest my time in, if that makes sense. I, I think it's interesting that, um, that you shared that you struggle with like feeling like your closeness is closer than the other person's closeness. Am I, am I understanding that right? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I struggle with not being completely sure. Like it's not, I perceive that there's a greater closeness in this relationship. I struggle with perceiving that you don't, you don't actually like me. Like, you know what I mean? Like my perception, even if you on the other side of our friendship do recognize that we have a closeness in our relationship and it really is there, I will get in my own head and struggle with Jenny. Jenny doesn't actually feel close to me. Jenny is nice to me because Jenny's a nice person. Uh, I don't want to annoy Jenny. I don't want to bother Jenny. Um, when I'm having a hard day, I should just keep it to myself. Jenny's not going to want to hear about it because Jenny's nice to me because Jenny's a nice person. Well, not I mean, all because... of that's true. No, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not just with Jenny. Like this is something that I struggle with in all of my friendships, especially in um, in seasons where I'm more prone to um, episodes of depression. I, especially when I am depressed and people will say like, when you're depressed, you need to, you need to reach out and let people support you. The problem with that. And I, I recognize right now today that I do have good friends who, who would want to be there and support me through that. 
But in that moment, and this has been true all the way back to my teenage years, I, I have this insecurity that is so loud when I'm depressed. Don't bother them. They've done enough. You are a, you are a hassle. You're a burden. You are an annoyance. Leave them alone. Do not make them deal with your crap when your pile of crap is deeper now than it usually is. I know. Leave I, them alone. I struggle with that too. And that's probably where the the closeness to the other person kind of comes in because I I hate to say, oh, I'm an insecure person, but I think in a way all of us are. We all have our insecurities. Yeah, I about, sure am. About, <laughs> about <laughs> who we are and how we present ourselves. And I think as you become an adult, you're more aware of that. Um, and it's interesting to watch your kids form friendships or not be able to form friendships or see them get hurt by a friend. And then think yes. about, think about your friendships when you were that age too. Cause I know that I thought again, oblivious is, should be my middle name really. Most of the time, um, because I I was probably loud and obnoxious, you know, in in my high school, middle school, basically. Let's just say my whole life. Let's just say that's what I am. Um, and I've toned it down a lot in my adulthood, um, but but I think my my true friends know that I can get silly and weird. Um, but as you get older, you kind of have to hide that. Um, yes, agreed. But I can watch, like, I have one child that is, embraces his weirdness all day long, and he would not be offended at all that I even just said that. My other child really cares what other people think. And mm-hmm. um, it, it's interesting to watch the two of them process relationships uh, and, and then have that reflect back on me. You know, what what was that like for me when I was that age? Was I like that? I probably was because I think both of my children, I have a little bit of both of their personalities in me um, because I can see it. And uh, I don't know, just relationships are hard. They just are. Um, I'm glad I'm glad for people like you, Sarah and you, Terry, that I feel like I can be myself. 100% of the time and you're not you may judge me but you're going to say it out loud that you're judging me about it yes (laughs) like there's not oh I worry that Sarah thinks this or Terry thinks that about me yeah Um, because you'll just think it or you'll say it and we'll just laugh about it right and Mm -hmm. so so those are the friendships that I think now in my adult life I I really I really cherish and thankful for both of you oh i'm thankful for you (laughs) too most of the time (laughs) no i'm thankful for both of you because i think and it isn't um i mean yes what have brought us together of course but not me and jenny but (laughs) but adding sarah to the mix but it's not just that I, i feel like once you have people that are in your corner that you know you can say what you need to say you can talk about what you need to talk about and if you're sad we're gonna sit in that with you if you're depressed, we're going to try to lift you up, but, but mostly we're just there. And, right. and it's hard to find those friendships as an adult that right. who's just going to be there for you. Because for me, I mean, yeah, I am extremely insecure about stuff like that, but I'm also, um, it's like, 
well, they've got too much going on. I don't want to bother them with that. You know, um, they have their own issues. Why would they want to hear mine? Um, kind of like what you were saying, Sarah, it's like, <laughs> I don't want to be a hassle again, but I feel like the three of us kind of have this whole, you know, if something's going on, we're just going to say it, you know, right. and it doesn't mean that you have to fix it. You just have to hear it, you know? And I think that's a beautiful thing. It's very hard to find this kind of friendships as an adult. Yeah. So let's talk about establishing friendships as an adult, um, because I feel like that's something that is universally challenging. Um, and I, I think that it's even more challenging for women uh, to find other women to have in their corner, um, other women who are going to build them up, who who won't taint the friendship with jealousy. Um, because I've had I've had friendships that I thought were good friendships and we're encouraging one another, we're pushing each other forward. And then when I reach a level of achievement, now there's a problem. You know what I mean? And like that they're not supportive and excited for me where I want to mm -hmm. look at my friends and I want all of my friends to win. So if you level up, I'm, yeah. I'm excited for you. I'm here to cheer for you. Um, but I, I'm going to go back in time nine years. I had been in South Carolina for one year. Um, grew up in Indiana for any listeners who don't know that. I graduated from Purdue University in 2013. And then three days later, I moved to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, where I knew no one. Um, and the only for a year, the only people that I saw and spoke with were the people that I worked with. And that is the beginning of my beautiful friendship with Jenny. <laughs> but Jenny was in a very different place in her life. Jenny was married. She had two kids who I adored and still adore. Um, and, and they I adore spent, you. Yeah. And if, if I wasn't at work, I was either at home and I had a roommate, but honestly, our, our living situation didn't flourish into like a wonderful friendship. We just, we lived together and it was a coworker. So we were together at work, but then we kind of were very independent at home. So I was either at work alone in my room at home, or I was at Jenny's house just bumming off of her family. Um, we loved it. I was there but often enough that I remember her older son one day saying, wait a minute, are you my aunt or my cousin? <laughs> I was like, I'm whatever you want me to be, buddy. I'm here to stay. <laughs> You're just Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was sharing with a therapist about a year into it that I felt lonely. And I, I did have Jenny's family and I'm so grateful, but I still felt lonely. My closest friend was 10 years ahead of me in life and life stages. And I didn't know what to do or how to get out there and make a friend. And I, you know, the, the organization we worked for did events with lots of volunteers. And so I was exposed to people, but within my work role, and I didn't know what to do and how to make that a friendship. So um, I decided 
after talking to this therapist to do a little bit of a social experiment that I now recommend to people all the time. I chose three people that I had seen, that I had interacted with, that I was acquainted with, three women around my age that I believed I could have fruitful friendships with. And I, one at a time, this is so weird. I still cannot believe I did this. One at a time, I approached them and said, hey, I'd be really interested in developing a friendship with you. Is that something you would like? (laughs) And all three of them said yes. That kind of sounds awkward, though. Like, I know, (laughs) I know that coming from you, if you had walked up to me and said that, and I was like your age, I'd be like, yeah, shoot, yeah, I'll be your friend or whatever. So it was was very formal. I was, I, I, I like cringe now when you I think about it. You should write a note. Will you be my friend? Check <laughs> and no. these friends and I. <laughs> okay. So, um, Jenny, you know, all of these women. Oh, so. I know I do. But the <laughs> thing is, I didn't know you were doing this experiment. <laughs> so it was Anna Lauren. <laughs> yeah. Melody. Mel. I well, I sort of know her. And Nicole. All three of them said yes. And like. It was so cringy formal, but like when I was talking to, I don't, this isn't even the therapist I talked to anymore, but I was like, I, I just want them to know that I want to be their friend. I don't know. Like, do I drop hints? Like I was acting as if I had some crush on a boy in eighth grade, but like (laughs) no one teaches you how to be friends as an adult. How do I, okay. I, I, my question wasn't, where do I find them? I found the people I was interested in being friends with. What's my next step? Okay, just... so do you want to know? I, I was not in therapy for this. This is just what Jenny does. What Jenny does is when she hangs out with a group of people for a while, like we'll just use my kids were homeschooled at the time mm-hmm. and we were going to a homeschool co-op um, and I wasn't working out of the house. And so I'm around all these women, mostly women. There may have been a dad or two, but mostly women who were there homeschooling their kids. And this is what my brain does. My brain goes, ooh, that's the most awkward person in the room. They're my friend. I'm saying my friend. (laughs) And so (laughs) the person who's the most standoffish that's not hanging out with anybody, because I'm not walking up to four or five women that are talking to each other because I'm not going to be accepted, even though that's not true. That's what my brain thinks. So I'm like, where's where the... We're the people that got nobody. That's who I'm picking. Or not not yes. even that. The ones who have put up this this front of like, I am not going to be friends with anybody. Actually, one of my best friends right now, the story that I would like to remind her of is, hey, you remember when we were first starting out at co-op and I was vacuuming and I looked up and smiled at you and you looked at me and said, yeah, I'm sorry I haven't gotten to know you, but I'm just not investing in people because they don't stay around here very long. That's Jackie. She's my friend. <laughs> I was like, I love it. That, as soon as she said that, I thought it's her. She's the one I'm going to make my friend. Yes. So she's a yeah. Yes. I mean, Julie and I, like we met at a homeschool um, art class and it was like, she, bo- she and I both were very standoffish and we weren't talking like the rest of the group was and stuff. And, and I was like, maybe I could be her friend, you know, cause you look at it. You just, and we ended up being best friends. So I think it's, uh, you know, it, you look for those people, especially because I feel very awkward all the time. I do, you too. know, and I try not to look awkward, but I really come off as just looking like a bitch all the time. Like I really do. And I'm not that person. Lean into it, Terry. <laughs> Lean into it. 
I'm just awkward. <laughs> yeah, I'm awkward too. And reached a point early in my 20s, I think, that I was just like, you know what? This is part of who I am. And I'm done masking because it's exhausting. Like it trying is. to pretend that I'm not awkward doesn't work. So like when I offered formal invitations to be my friend, it was, I mean, that's like an authentic preview of who you're going to get. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's wild to me. Uh, so one of my, uh, one of my closest Myrtle Beach friends is Kelsey. She's another one that was just like started out as a proximity friend. She worked physically near me and we became friends that way. So when I think about my solid adult relationships, Mel, I I know that I can still count on Mel for whatever I need, whenever I need it, um, emotional support, encouragement. The same with Kelsey, the same with you, Jenny, even though I left South Carolina. But it's so hard to navigate establishing the friendship. But then once you do and once you can build into and nurture that friendship, they become invaluable. So, so true. So true. Um, what, how do your friendships look different today um, after, after losing our husbands? What has there been a change? Do you see a difference or are your solid people just still your solid people? Uh, my solid people are still my solid people. I've had a few folks that were, you know, closer friends years ago, <laughs> uh, before we had moved it from Atlanta. Um, and, and we've reconnected some, um, with some of those folks. Uh, I do find myself wanting to hang out more with people who knew Jay. Like I, I have a slight struggle. This is weird to me, but I have a slight struggle with making new friends right now because they're people who didn't know him and I can never convey to them who he was in a way that knowing him conveys. Um, and so there's a part of me that really loves to hang out with the people who really knew Jay. Um, because I'll get to hear those little stories that even though I might have heard them 400 times or have been there for them, um, I just like to hear them again. Um, but at the same time, I've got, you know, a couple of friends that I've met recently that that I'm starting to get to know a little better and hang out with. And um, I guess I, I just get to talk about Jay to them, you know, um, but it's not the same. But, you know. I got, hopefully I've got a lot more life left and there's going to be more people in my life that won't know him. So I'm going to have to get used to it. Um, you know, we had a lot of friends due to COVID that, you know, even Jackie and some of that crew from the homeschool group really never met Jay because he was staying away from people. Um, once COVID hit because his immune system was so low from the uh, kidney transplant and the medicines that go with that. So he was very careful not to hang out with people the last few years of his life. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting because I do have friends that that are really close friends that really didn't know him. They knew of him. But they had never actually met him. So um, I don't know. I, I do think it's interesting that I want to draw closer to sometimes uh, people that did know him so that I can share that commonality of knowing Jay with them. What about you guys? Mm -hmm. 
um, unfortunately, the person who um, <clears throat> I was closest to and that, um, you know, Greg was was close to through me, um, you know, we don't really hang out too much anymore um, <clears throat> or talk anymore. Well, I mean, we talk occasionally, but it's not the same for sure. Um, so I don't know if his death just was too much for that. Um, I don't know. It just, I feel abandoned by that friendship because I needed them most then. And that's, you know, they were there for maybe six months after mm. he died. And, um, and then our whole relationship changed. I don't know. It, that stung a lot. Um, you know, and I think Sarah, like you were saying, she was also one of those who she didn't celebrate my wins, you know? Mm. Um, and, uh, and I didn't really realize that until like, after we stopped being as close, I guess. So, I mean, I guess in the long run, it's probably better for that. So anyway, to get back to the point, the two people I'm closest to now, besides you and Jenny, um, are people who didn't know him at all. And, um, and I feel like I'm okay with that. It, like it's, you know, it's a new chapter and, and y'all are still so fresh from the passing of both of your husbands that it's, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can understand you wanting to draw closer to people, but I'm so far away from it now that it feels like those people have just moved on and done other things with their lives and occasionally we'll check in, but, um, but it's just not the same anymore. And I guess that's natural. That's what happens, you know? Um, mm -hmm. but like I said, the people that I'm closest with now, they, they know of what happened, of course, but they never really knew him. Right. So for me, um, my solid people are still my solid people. What has been really cool for me to watch happen is that, um, since losing Seth, Seth's closest friends and their wives. So his groomsmen and their wives have pulled me even closer and they know enough of me. I mean, now they really know me, but even at that time, they knew enough of me to know that my natural inclination was going to be to withdraw, to pull away. And they have not let me do that. And um, I just think that that speaks so much to the friendships that Seth had and the community that he had built for himself and for our family, that we still have these men and their wives who refuse to let us go. Um, they keep us close. They love us well. Um, and without, without those relationships, I don't know where I would be. Um, given some of my mental health struggles and my journey for the last 20 years of, of dealing with mental health issues, um, I, I don't always, I don't always reach out and hold on to people, but to know that I surrounded myself with people who hold on to me and Seth mm. also surrounded himself with people 
who would hold on to him, but in his absence are holding on to me and holding on to our boys. That's been completely necessary and invaluable for me over the last year. Um, so if you don't have community, if you don't have friendships, I encourage you to make it a priority because you don't know what's coming around the corner and what, what community and friendships might mean and how much you might need them. So even if that means awkwardly walking up to somebody and saying, <laughs> I want to be your friend, I say, do it. Um, I think I'm going to try that. I'm going to see do that it, works out. Do it. <laughs> Um, I've, I've, I've done it since I've come back to Indiana. I've done it since it's, I have a 100% success rate. Um, so try it, get out there. Friends are worth it. And the best way to have a good friend is to be a good friend. So if you're thinking, I don't even yeah, know how to have group. friends, be one. All right. We're running out of time. Rapid fire. My best friend in Indiana. Her name is Danielle. She is six foot four. When I met her, she had a head full of long dreadlocks. She's covered in tattoos. I love her with everything. She is the goalie on my home team. And I remember a mutual person that we both know saw us out together one time and said that we were an unlikely pair. Snacks, what is an unlikely pair that you enjoy? Rapid fire, go. Jenny. Uh, cream cheese and olives. Gross. Terry. <laughs> Pretzels and cream cheese. That's not weird. Mine is goldfish and fruit snacks. Thank you for joining us. Go get a snack.